Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well. We're going to talk about life choices today. Life choices equal to lifestyles. That lifestyle is a way you're accustomed to live. Now, the decisions you make to get to that point is what's crucial. biggest mistakes you ever make in your life will be between the ages of 18 to 25 usually. Sometimes it can extend higher. And it's usually based on money, trying to acquire more of it, some sort of deficiency in self-esteem, or maybe dealing with some other trauma. The one thing that you have to realize is that sometimes it may be a situation where you grew up poor and you want to overcompensate for that poverty. And you make it your life's mission to seek out wealth. And some of you go forward for God knows how many decades. You buy all these get-rich-quick books about all of these memoirs and everything from millionaires and billionaires and not realize that you spent more money trying to find out about them than you did about actually acquiring wealth. You spent most of your wealth in the pursuit of it. And you hear the old adage, oh, it takes money to make money. Now it depends on the percentage of money that you have to spend in order to make it. Hollywood Park racetrack. Years ago, I played a pick six for $2.40. That $2.40 netted me $2,400. Because I chose the three long shots and a horse that I knew was going to come in at least third. What did I base it on to make that choice? I looked at the daily racing formula, DRF, and I looked at the horse, the jockey, the trainer first. Horse had a good trainer, lousy jockey. Horse was a great closer. I put him in the number one spot. Next horse, great jockey, lousy trainer, great horse. Number two spot, after looking at his distances, he could barely make the distance, but he was a good closer, but not really the best closer. Third horse, great trainer, great jockey, lousy horse. I put him in the number six spot. Closing numbers were horrible, which meant that when he started getting around other horses, he became very nervous. And he started looking to the left and to the right to lose confidence. 
Next horse. Didn't know the jockey. Didn't know nothing about the horse. Knew the trainer was pretty good, Todd Pletcher. So I'm looking there and I'm saying, okay, now this horse has a closing that is like second highest closing. I chose him. Moved him up to the numbers two spot and moved everybody else down. Now the last horse I chose, the horse was the only thing on that particular thing that I liked. The jockey I didn't like because he was kind of slow and unresponsive. The trainer was not the best trainer there is, to say the least. But the horse was a good horse because I've seen the horse run before and then I looked at the numbers. And I put him in the third spot and moved everybody else down. Now the interesting thing was, it took logic that could have worked or could not have worked for me to win that money. That was a life choice because I did the research. Before I put my money there, not on my feelings. When we make mistakes in life, we put our feelings as a valid reason to make life-altering decisions, and that's not a good thing at times. Always good during a crisis situation, some guy's coming at you with a gun. Okay, what do you do? Well, here's the thing. There are a lot of decisions you have to make that are not that snap. And you got to really think them through. And sometimes we don't. Because we want the answer now. The way we feel now. We want our feelings to be addressed right now. Some of you go online because you feel lonely and you just want to go and start a conversation with someone and hopefully start a relationship. There was a lady that contacted me recently, went on Tinder, 25 years old, because she was lonely. Met a guy online, invited him over to her place, slept with him, and now she has buyer's remorse. Now, after she's had an orgasm, she's saying, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? You can be compelled to do things based on your feelings, but you have to know how to manage them just like you manage your insecurities, just like you manage anything else in your life, including your time and everything else. You have to do it in moderation. Because if you don't, you're going to mess yourselves up. It never fails. Because we think we have solved an issue and we haven't really thought it through. You can tell this by some of the ideas you had in high school. By the time you became an adult and you tried to implement them, you realize, oh, that shit ain't going to work. What was I thinking? I had a friend of mine years ago that his daughter was turning 17. And she had been pining about this guy. She'd been wanting this guy for the longest. He was 25. He was handsome. He played basketball. He had a good job at UPS. He was all this stuff. And she just was over the moon about it. And her dad told her, he said, you got a choice. He says, you can stay here. Go over to Cal State Dominguez or Cal State Long Beach and I'll pay for you to go all four years and get your education and go out there and face the world in a better situation or you can go with him, but you got to leave this house. And of course, his wife was a friend of mine. She called me up and she was like, he's being so mean. I'm like, no, he's not being mean. He's giving her an opportunity to make a life choice. 
Or needless to say, she chose to do. A year after she chose him, she got pregnant and he got fired at UPS in subordination. Then it got to the point where he lost his place. And my friend, who was the wife, finally talked the father into letting her back in under a temporary basis. And she was saying, well, Dad, you know, I'm, I, I could go back to school now. And he said, no, you can't. He said, you got a baby coming. He said, what you're going to do, you're going to have this baby. We're going to set up a nursery for the child here. We're going to give you a year to get on your feet. And then you and that baby are going to get out there again. And of course... My friend was like, he's so cruel, he's so mean. But what he was doing was making her accountable for her life choices. And he gave her a clear one. So, she goes on. She has the baby. Father's nowhere to be found. He's gone. He went back to Cleveland or wherever the hell he's from. So it was up to her. And her dad said, well, I will help you get a place. He got tired of his wife babysitting so much. My friend, who, who was volunteering to be with the child all the time. But what he wanted her to also do is to learn that, hey, your family may not be here all the time. You have to fend for yourself sometimes. And of course, my friend thought that her husband was being cruel and mean. And then after I agreed with him on some things, she thought the same of me. And I explained to her, I said, here's the problem now. He gave her a clear opportunity to be successful. More so than most parents would give their child. A four-year education and they're covering their expenses on everything. And she turned that down for a guy that she was head over heels about, who didn't really give a shit about her. And he leaves her with the child. Well, dad went on and paid first last security for a one bedroom for his daughter. She gets to place, first thing she does is brings a guy in. Some guy that she had met along the way. A few months later, she's pregnant again. She and the guy have a falling out. Apparently the police had to take him away one time. He never came back home. Or to her place, I should say. She got another man. He comes in. She didn't know he had a criminal record. He thought that that was no problem. Well, it was because where she lived, they didn't want people with his kind of charges. I'm not gonna tell you what they were, but after she found out, he was out. And by this time, my friend was telling me she was thinking about divorcing her husband because of the situation with her daughter thought that he was rude and mean to her, to their daughter. And so she was telling me all this stuff about she was going to divorce him. And I said, why? I said, if anything, you could probably talk him into bringing her back. But here's the thing. She never had to be accountable. There was always somebody she tried to get to bail her out. She's got those dudes. So what it came down to, she had three babies by three different men. And eventually, my friend talked her husband into bringing her back home with her kids. My husband started becoming more aloof. Started getting involved in golf, something he'd never did before. 
started getting involved in tennis, something he never did before, and started having affairs with other women to preoccupy his time. That was his counter to that. Fellas, let me tell you something. Really watch the decisions you make in life. And you ladies got to watch it too. Getting hung up on a guy, especially if you're 18 to 25, you're going to fuck your life up. I don't care how good you may think it is. It's good now. But when do most people meet other people? They meet them when times are good. You very seldom see somebody meeting someone so what's going on with you? Oh, I'm filing bankruptcy. How about you? Well, you know what? They're repossessing my car. We don't meet under those terms. We always meet under those nice, warm terms where it seems like you just put in a breath mint and you're introducing yourself. Cha-cha! But we don't realize that sometimes got to sit down and look at some of our life's choices. Because our life choices will dictate how we live and our lifestyle. More in a moment. All right, now, there's one thing that I... Um, get a lot from some of the listeners. What do I think about passport bros? Now, this is a life choice that people can make. I think personally, if you're doing it in order to, like, see how many women you can sleep with, I don't really think that that'd be a good idea. Not a safe idea for sure, but... You can go on and uh, deal with that if you want to, but a few things to remember about that. When you go to these countries, if the woman's taking you to a restaurant, inviting you to one, telling you to go here, usually it may be the most expensive restaurant. Check that first. Next thing, if she sleeps with you very quickly, there's a good chance she's going to try to get you without a rubber. It might be a daddy for what's over with. Another thing you want to do is to check the contracts and verbal contracts in those countries. Because in some countries you can tell a woman you love her, another person heard that, that's enough to get you tripped up on some sort of international legal hole or something like that. Check it out. Check out the laws in those countries. Now, here's the thing with the passport bros. Back in the day, I could have been called one of those, but here's the thing I didn't do. I didn't go over there just to go and sleep with a lot of women in red light districts and brothels. Nope. I felt as though my dick deserved better. What I found in many of the countries, like we'll go with Asia, for instance, like in the Asian, Asian region. I went for more urban women usually college educated that have been to the United States or have relatives who have been to the United States are still there and these people have no desire to go there. I found those are the best kind of people to date overseas. You can't wow them with America. It's no big uh, come to Jesus moment like they want to come. They've been there, they're like, okay, yeah, you can make money, you have freedoms, big deal. Because what they're looking at, they're looking at, yes, you're supposed to be this wealthy nation, but still only 2% of the population has the wealth, the rest of you guys are still struggling just like they are in these other countries. So they don't see any big advantage. But of course, as Americans, the only thing we know is English, and the only thing we know is America because most Americans don't travel. And they're damn sure not going to speak any other language. They're gonna, they'll go to France and say, speak English! Please. Now, let's go forward. we got to look at a couple of other things, too. 
a lot of these guys may not have the great interpersonal skills. A lot of gamma males are passport bros. So they want to meet a woman that is easy to talk to, easy to get along with. And you will find that in many cultures overseas, both in Asia and in uh, Europe, Africa as well. Now, here's the thing. What I found was that in Asia, most of the women I would date, as I told you, college degree, urban, usually very contemporary on what's going on in America. So it's not like you got this gap. Usually you find it with the older people. Um, friendly, attentive, totally against any of the stereotypes that we think. Like you hear a lot of these women talk, oh yeah, they're passive and they're gonna be subservient and they're gonna be speaking broken English and they're not, that's what you wish. That's not what it is. Oh, you might find that in a bra, in a bar or brothel somewhere over there, because they have them, nightclubs. But one thing I will tell you guys, don't pick up a woman in a bar or nightclub. Mm -mm. Not over there. They're itching to come to the States. Unless they're in a Western developed nation. Or in a nation where they already have themselves situated. But they don't need to come to your country for your money. That's the kind of woman you'd want to get, guys. She's already established. Now, don't get me wrong. In many of these countries, India, Philippines, China, different countries, they have it where women there were well-established may not date foreigners. They may think it's a step down to date a foreigner. Whether you're an American or not. You see all that USA shit? That goes well here. When you go overseas, nobody gives a fuck about you being an American. I hate to tell you that. Yeah. Now, the other thing you have to realize too is this. Many of you guys think that you're going to go over there and it's going to be streets paid for gold, milk and honey, you'll be able to make it. Look at what the exchange rate is in the country and you might want to look at the median income in that country and not only that, look at what the average income is. The median income means that this is the place where people can make more than this or less than this. The average is pretty much a calculation of what the average person makes in that country and see whether or not it's feasible for you to be there. Now, if you're going over there on tour, like some of you guys do, maybe two weeks, three weeks, a month or whatever, wear your condoms. Use your own, never get condoms from another woman, ever. I don't care how convincing, how sweet, how nice. Nope. Each country has a different feel, different flavor, different culture, different food, different way of doing things. Um, what I find, like I told you, I found in Scandinavian countries, mainly like Sweden, Finland, different countries, the women seem to be a little bit more affectionate. I don't know what it is about that. Some people will say they're cold. That wasn't my experience. I found them to be more affectionate, more caring, more loving, and like to snuggle a lot. Now, I did understand that Swedish women don't like flowers as much. Because it's kind of cheesy for them. At least the couple that I dated. But I will tell you this much, though. I really felt like I was with somebody that gave a damn. And that's one thing you have to look at. It depends on what culture you're dealing with. You go to the Philippines, there are women there that, boy, once you, once she chooses you or picks you out, just like in Ghana, 
she's she gonna grab you by the hand. You are my man. You're gonna be your bodyguard. But now I want you to listen to this excerpt. And then I'm gonna give you my commentary on it in the end. Passport bros are a fucking joke. Interesting opinion. And why is that? Y'all go to a whole nother country where people barely speak English. Hmm. Yeah, it's only mainly in the U.S. where most people only speak one language. But go on. Anyone that agrees with what the fuck these passport bros are doing are a joke. What's the joke? I like to laugh. Y'all just mad because y'all can't handle a strong-minded woman. This might come as a complete shock, but it's not the strong-mindedness that many men don't find appealing. It's the attitude. Because a bad attitude doesn't equal a strong mind. So y'all go somewhere where y'all can do whatever the fuck y'all want and be like, oh yeah, she loves me. Perhaps they just want a partner who hasn't been completely taken in by the toxicity of what is considered modern feminism these days and actually just want a partner who's going to love them for who they are instead of having to worry about if that person is going to take them for all of their money, insist that they take care of them even though they have nothing to offer other than their looks, or for that matter, just have a bad attitude in general. That doesn't make them pathetic. That makes them have standards. Just cause I guess I show good pussy, who knows? Maybe it's my fucking darling personality, but either way, just to put this out there, please stop fucking messaging me. I'm not interested. I'm not even looking for fucking friends if we're being honest. Now, there's one thing that I have to agree with. Um, the lady that's uh, doing the commentary and the critique, she's absolutely right on all the courts, except for one thing, I think. This form of modern feminism that she's referring to is more of an Afro-feminism from this lady's perspective in the sense that if you would notice there's a lot of anger there in this lady um, that's describing these men leaving as if to say I deserve one of those guys that are not interested in me no you don't the reason why and this lady hit it on the head the reason why men us are going overseas to find women has to do with just what she said largely, attitude. I tell you ladies all the time, it is not your hair weave, it is not your perfume, it is not your car, it is not your purse, it's not the way you walk, it's your fucking attitude a lot of times that makes you so unappealing. And it's the reason why men do not want you. They will screw you and leave you for that purpose. They want the carcass of you. They don't want the person associated with it because they don't like it. You see, one thing that men always see, and women see this too in men, when a guy is trying to prove his masculinity to a woman by trying to be overly macho, women pick that up as a weakness. Men pick up that same characteristic in women when they're trying to kind of man up. They see that same weakness. Because what we're thinking is, okay, somebody traumatized you in the past. Something happened for you to get on your hind legs like this. When all these other women don't have to do this. And these other women have men who love them. So apparently they're doing something right and these men didn't have to go overseas to find these women. So that means that the problem is with the woman. Now, there's an abundance of single women overseas, especially throughout Asia. And the interesting thing about this is that a lot of these women are very good people. Many of them don't ask for much. What they're worried, what men are worried about, especially men in my age group and others, because these guys have written in about this crap. They're worried about a woman 
who made poor life choices throughout her life and wound up with nothing, and then realizes at 60, oh shit, let me find somebody to marry that I can get a retirement plan with. And that retirement plan means where she could divorce him and get half his shit. But they bullshitted their lives and they'd go and give the excuse. Well, you know, I was working hard. I was trying to keep our marriage together. I had kids. I had this. I had that. Bite me. Nobody cares. Don't try to qualify yourself to someone. Qualify yourself to yourself, which you haven't done. And that's been a problem for many people. It's not about perfection, folks. It's not about judgment. It's not about criticism. What it's about is making the best life choices for you, whatever they are, where you are not worried about the choices you made. You've already evaluated the consequences from those choices. But there are a lot of people who cannot do that. Nope, they're stuck on stupid. Not a good look, not a good thing. You don't want to put yourself in that predicament. Now, there are some choices you got to make in life that are going to be very iffy and very risky. Word to the wise, if you're going to make risky choices in life, minimize the amount of people that will be impacted from your choice. In other words, if you're a guy that's out there, like when I worked in sales and marketing, there were some guys out there who had four and five kids, a wife, nice home, and they would give up the stable job to work a straight commission job because they got dollar signs in their eyes. And then they got halfway through it, they did good, maybe one or two months of commissions. Then after that shit goes left. And now they're going against their draw every month. And then eventually they get let go. And not too long after that, you would see that they got divorced. You take risk when you can afford to. That means when you're a single man and you're going to take a risky investment in the stock or you're going to take a risky investment in some sort of a joint equity venture or something like that. You're going to buy a house. Buy it by yourself. If you don't think you'll have the money for a house, why don't you go into the military where you can go get your education and get the benefits for housing along with serving your country. I tell all young men this that can't decide on what they want to do. Hell, there were people coming in from other countries joining the Marine Corps. born in other countries and they want to serve their nation nothing's wrong with that but they also looked out for their future you got plenty of life choices you could become an apprentice at 18 you could join the Marine Corps military United States uh, services if you want to you can go into the State Department a lot of places you can go you can go to college become more well-rounded. You can work for the Federal Emergency Management Agency. There are a lot of opportunities, the railroad. There are a lot of opportunities you can work for. But here's the thing, have a plan. The one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to be in your 50s or 60s talking about, oh shit, I didn't really work a job long enough to get Social Security. And you're asked out. See, a lot of people go down that route. All these hustlers and shit that stayed out in the party too long. They were hustlers back when they were in their teens and 20s. And they fucked around and stayed in, in their 30s, 40s, and then their 50s. And by that time, it's too late. They inherited mama's house. Mama and Daddy were the ones that actually put forth the money in order to have that house paid off. But 
he ain't moving. All they gotta pay is just the tax property taxes every year. Parents made the sacrifice for having a house. Life choices, folks. Ladies, if you're dating a mama's boy that's living in the basement playing video games every day, and you're gonna try to motivate him to get out of there, wasting your time. It has to come from him. And getting pregnant is not gonna make him responsible, ladies. Getting pregnant only is gonna frustrate him and make him go to mama. Mama, that baby don't look like me. And then when you get him, what quality of a relationship would you have with this man? It's going to be acrimony. It's going to be a lot of anger and a lot of angst between the two of you. And then I guess what you'll try to do is have another baby in order to try to seal the deal for sure where he wouldn't leave. And you don't even have the best person for you. You just got someone that's convenient. So what does that mean in essence? That means that you're very mediocre as hell yourself. You didn't want to leave him. You let that insecurity of him leaving you Make a life choice for you that puts you in a spiral. You have to take control of your life choices. And the lifestyle follows right after that choice you make. If you're going to choose a life of crime, let's see, bail money is going to be part of your life. Losing your freedoms, the five most important things I tell you to keep. Your freedom, your wealth, your mobility. What else? You know what it is. Your decision-making skills and reputation. You lose those five at any point in your life, you're no good to anybody else or yourself. That's the reason why you want to keep them intact. So with that criminal life that you're trying to pursue, you think you're going to go in... Hit it big, and then you're going to get out of it and go straight and legit. Boy, I tell you what, that's a hell of a plan. Ask some of the guys that rob banks that they can get away. Wound up doing 15, 20 years. Go to prison when they're 20 and come out when they're 40. And then they're depending on their moms to take care of them. Or some woman. And so we have to face a few things. You have, at that vantage point, the opportunity to make the best or worst choice for you going forward in your future. Now, there are some people that are prone to uh, fuck-ups. They're prone to fuck-ups. There are some people who deliberately look for failure and they're going to snatch failure out of the jaws of success every time. Because they're not comfortable with success. You remember I talked about the downer. Downers fall in this category. It's a lifestyle choice. You want to be a downer? Continue. Go right ahead. It depends on how you want to live your life. And your lifestyle will be based on the choices you make, as I told you. You have a lot of choices you can make. Many of them are actually favorable. And you have to look at where you are in life. Are you able to make risky moves? How good is your health on certain things? You know, you see a lot of people talk about a bucket list. Let me give you an example of a lifestyle choice. 
I'm going to go have my family early, get this job, work on this job for 20, 30 years, retire, and then I got a bucket list of all the things I'd like to do that I didn't accomplish when I was younger. Sounds plausible. You see a lot of people do this. But now I want you to consider, when you made that list, you were what, in your 20s or 30s? Now you're in your 60s. How the fuck are you going to do half the shit on there? You're older. Your body is not as agile as it used to be. So you're going to have to do just like you did as a teenager when you were going into adulthood. Take some of the things off your list that you won't be able to do. But the one thing you shouldn't do is try to prove yourself to someone. There's no need to. Once you're proving yourself to yourself, it's the only audience you have to satisfy. It's like this show. There was one point when I first started this podcast, I actually only had three listeners. I mean, globally, only three. Gina, myself, and Aurelia. That was it. Three. But here's what you have to do. I said, don't worry, message gonna resonate and people will see some of the things that we talk about are relevant to lives. That's what it takes. It takes just that. I remember the first uh, foreign country I got was Germany years ago. And of course, I appreciate my people in Zambia, Gambia, uh, ooh, Botswana, as always, Australia, United Kingdom, Canada, Germany. I always leave these people out every once in a while. But I love you all. But here's what I'm saying, folks. When it comes down to this and these life choices, you have to really think it through. The consequences. Instead of having that bucket list at the extreme end of your retirement, why don't you kind of incorporate it throughout your existence in that period of time you're busting your ass for that company? You'll find it more fulfilling because then you'll have more moments. So when you go on vacation, you want to go zip lining or whatever, you could do that down in Cancun or whatever. And have that experience already, boom, there. Because things will change, environments will change. Certain places you'll go to, oh yeah, they have tourist destinations, but you also have a lot of danger after you get off that resort. Many of these places. Because it's like, uh, as soon as you get out to the resort, hey, welcome to poverty. So that's something you got to think about as well. But overall, with this young lady um, critique, I agree with 100%. One thing that I will tell you, though, um, if you're thinking about going overseas and looking at a girlfriend or a wife, certain things that you don't want to deal with. You don't want to deal with mail order brides. There's a difference between the women you'll meet over there versus the mail order brides. Most mail order brides are going for money only. The majority of them, especially out of Europe, Eastern Europe, and so they're looking for a man that makes $250,000 a year, even though they don't have shit but the clothes on their back. You could do that here in the States. You don't have to worry about going overseas if you wanted to get someone like that. Save you some time. You're not really coming out of here by doing that. Be very careful. It's your life, it's your choice.
Alright folks, as you can see, life choices, well, they have an impact on how everything operates in your life. This includes your friends, the people you choose to have around you, even family members at some point. Because here's the thing, if they are causing you friction or problems, I want you to think about it. You only have so much that you can tolerate. And the one thing you don't want to do is to have someone bring you down or set you back. And sometimes uh, you may have to make that tough decision of letting a family member or a friend go based on that premise. And I know it's very difficult for some of you because the way you look at it is, well, you know, we've been together for so many years and but you got to look at what's best for you. Now, some of you wanted to know what it was like to live in a certain circle, certain type of circles. Well, it all depends. When I was with Monica, it was the lap of luxury. That was my first main exposure to that lifestyle, something I never had indulged myself, but it had been something that, you know, some clients that I'd worked with in the past had enjoyed, but never where it was someone that was close to me like she was. There are certain things that when you get on a certain level, you think you can do and you can't. The reason you can't is because of exposure. I'll give you an example. Gwyneth Paltrow right now with her case, their lawsuit, where she's being sued by this gentleman who's an optometrist, not ophthalmologist, because uh, there was a collision between the two of them. Now, the way she described it, his skis were, you know, sliding in between her legs. These are her words. And she saw that, then she fell down, she felt this guy's body weight on her, then they fell down. So she's saying that he basically collided with her and he had a whole uh, host of injuries apparently pertaining to that. We'll see how this is going to land with the jury. It's a civil case, not a criminal one. Now, this is a preponderance of the evidence, not beyond a reasonable doubt on this. But here's the thing that we have to look at. We have to look at How does she get herself exposed to this? It comes down to, yeah, you want to have fun. You want to enjoy your family. But, you know, when you're a celebrity on that level, an A-lister, there's also a target on your back where people are coming after you for money all the time. People are coming after you for notoriety, for clout, trying to use your name. And it's pathetic. I never forget one time, Monica and I, and we were invited to this private club, and there was this long line outside. Monica and I got out of the limo, and we went in. And I'll never forget, <laughs> there was a lady, black lady. So why are they so important that they go in before us? I never forget that. And the bouncer. He just looked at her and rolled his eyes. Now, we were in. We were in a different area than everyone else. So they couldn't come up to where we were because they had security. And we had drinks, food, everything. We had a wonderful time. And then when we exited, we exited out of the back of the building instead of the front. Now, the interesting thing was the owner of the club wanted us there because he wanted people who had money to show up. And of course, that would inspire other people who had money to show up in order to keep the place rolling. It did for a while. But one thing that I realized was that if you started getting, because I was accustomed to just leaving that area, going to the bar and ordering a drink. No. Mm -mm. Monica told me no security. said no. Uh-uh. Every hostess here, anything you want, you get her to get it for you. 
because they don't want to be liable for anything. And this is what you have to watch. After you've made it, folks, for those of you who do make it, wealthy or whatever, prominence, you're not going to be the same person. You're not going to be able to hang around the same people. You're not going to be able to do the same things you would like to do. You won't be able to go to a Walmart or something like a 99 cent store if you are uber famous or uber wealthy. Now, if you're wealthy and not famous, nobody's going to care. But if they know who you are, yeah, you're going to have problems. And this is something you'd have to watch. There's a whole lifestyle with it, living in the bubble. There'll be people you can't trust. You'll be lonely, want to go out on a date. But if you're very popular, just think about it. Taylor Swift, she went on Tinder or one of those dating apps. Come on now. A lot of them have to meet people within their profession or within their world or scope. It was not uncommon for a lot of entertainers to wind up dating their managers and their agents because they really didn't have anyone else in their world. Because it gets lonely at the top. Even with Monica's friends very limited interactions. Wasn't like what I was used to. Because you had to be mindful of things. There's some people that would just go to your party just to stumble and sue. Hate to say it that way, but that's the way it is with some folks. They look for a way to get over. got to deal with that. That's one of the ugly sides of getting to that level of prominence that many uh, seek and desire. But incrementally, not that many people actually get into that realm of wealth by comparison. See, here's the thing. Judging from how successful the United States is supposedly as far as uh, wealth, you know what the median income in this nation would be if that was the case, truly the case? It'd be well over 120000 a year. The reason why it's not is because it's worked out for business very well. So, this tells you more hype than anything else. We're the only fools that print money we don't have on large quantities with the taxpayer being the horse that's going to carry the cart. A lot of these other countries are like, yeah, but we can't afford to print out that kind of money. So they let the big bad ass do it, us. See, what you have here is a dream, the American dream and an opportunity and a choice. You'll see. Dream, opportunity, and choice to make it in America. You have Americans that complain because people come in from overseas and they become successful. They don't go on welfare. They don't go on unemployment. They come here and they work in a restaurant God knows how many hours. And they make that money, and then eventually they get enough money to open their own restaurant. While Americans sit back and say, well, see, they're cheating because they're getting government loans. No. They came from a country where they didn't have any opportunity. And they're taking advantage of the opportunity they have here. They're not used to government handouts because their countries in many cases don't even have a government that can support them like that. So they look at the opportunity to make the money. Seems many people come here to this country and really make substantial wealth for themselves without all of this hype 
that people talk about. Still don't understand why the United States doesn't have a sovereign wealth fund. Where we could buy assets overseas. Instead of letting our corporations and companies do it on their own. And having to be subjected to some laws and guidelines that they have to negotiate individually. But then again, who knows? Probably don't want government and big business, right? Until they need the government and big business to bail them out or something like that. Life choices will involve buying homes, cars, student loan debt, credit cards, coming up with a budget and a plan. All these things are life choices. Some people may choose not to even have a budget and just wing it. Good luck with that. I've seen a lot of people fail at that. So there are a lot of challenges that you face. If you guys are thinking about sponsoring someone to come overseas, come over to the United States from overseas, understand you're going to be liable for them. Don't be surprised if they've contacted other people here and maybe have other friends here that you don't know about. That's a common thing as well. Think about it before you do it. Really think about it before you do it. Now, a couple of other things you have to realize too. In some of these countries, you have a visa, I forgot what the name of it is, but where you will have to leave their country for about 24 days or something like that, and they come back, and some people will go stay in a country like the Philippines for a while, then they would leave and go to somewhere like Vietnam or somewhere like uh, Korea, and then they'll come back. You can do that. Now, some people will go and try to get citizenship in the Philippines or these countries. Look at what the State Department will let you know about, whether or not they will acknowledge dual citizenship. Technically, you cannot give up your U.S. citizenship because of the fact you were born here. You can go and deny it, you can waive it, but the fact of the matter is, if you came back to our shores and you're proving that you were born here, yeah, you're here. Now, this is, uh, of course, they got provisions. It might have some provisions there. If you were born here by people who were Americans as well. <laughs> you know, if they were, you know, undocumented and they got here, that's different. Check the immigration status. I'm have to be sure, because that changes. And there goes the security team, hard at work, barking at the other dog across the street because the other dog has said something provocative or barked something provocative, excuse me. I don't want to um, disrespect barking as a form of communication. Now, we're about ready to wrap this up. The one thing that I want you to understand from this particular episode is that a lot of decisions have to be made on your part that will impact you in the future. The best thing to do is to make the best ones. One thing that I would strongly advise you to do is to vet strongly the person that's gonna be in your life, such as a partner. The four category of questions I always say, who are you? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What is your purpose? What are your intentions? You gotta find those things out in depth. You need to have a plan, a structured plan. It will help you a lot. You'll need to decide on what kind of person you want in your life as far as the relationship. What would their purpose be for you? How would they help you be a better person? These are things you would have to look at as well. Have a needs list of things you will need from that person. And I'm not talking monetarily. I'm 
talking about what you'll need psychologically, emotionally from that person and provide some things that you can support them with. Skill sets. You want to make sure you work on those as much as possible, especially you men, because that's going to be the bread and butter to keep you going. Things that will potentially set you back. Anything that has to do with getting locked up, anything to do with having a child too soon. Those are the two setbacks. Other setback, doing something stupid to impress a woman and wind up getting hurt in the process or permanently injured in the process. There was a kid that was uh, jumping off of buildings down in Orange County a while back. And from what I understand, he's no longer with us because he miscalculated one time and yeah, wasn't good. So, you don't have to do nothing like that. I know I did a double negative. Don't have to do nothing. But what I want you to understand is your life is more valuable. You're more valuable to yourself in the world than a feeling that's going to pass you that may make you feel like, damn, why did I sign up for this? Why did I do this? Just give it a moment and think about it before you do it. Think about the consequences. I'll never forget one time there was a place where I was working when I first got out of Marine Corps. I was a security guard. And um, I was assigned to this one place. And they had a whole bunch of uh, pens and pencils, school utensils and stuff like that. And one of the guards there, I was getting ready to relieve me. He said, you know, man, I'm gonna take some of these home for my kids, my grandkids, my cousins. And, and I said, well, you shouldn't because they, they're not yours. They belong to the company. And this was the company that was the client. They ain't gonna need it. And they had pallets of this stuff. So he goes and he takes a couple of boxes. And he's like, well, you can take any? I said, no. <laughs> I said, but you're gonna get caught. No, I won't. It's too much here, they, they won't notice. Yeah, they did catch his ass, and I didn't snitch. Because when I checked in, I made sure I checked in late that day. I clocked in late. So that any thievery that took place was on his watch. And they got him leaving the facility. They had him loading the boxes in his car. They had him through the right. He didn't think they would care. Folks, I'm telling you, your life choices are going to be your lifeblood. And here's the thing, you can look at yourself right now, no matter where you are in life. I want you to think about the choices you made to get where you are. Think about the good ones you made. Think about the not so good ones you made. Did you learn anything from the not so good ones? Not where you have to dwell on the negative impact of it, but you learned something that made you a better person to go forward. You might want to take a look at that because that will help you going forward. Because you can ask yourself one question. Why did I make that choice? And if it was an emotional choice? See, it's a difference if it's a cerebral choice. If you thought it through and then failed at something, it's not so bad because you gave it an honest-to-goodness try. When you're just going on the way you feel, your thinking is not involved. Your emotions are. Don't forget the motto of the show is think before you love. Well, folks, I'm going to have to leave you. I wish you all the best. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about another subject. And I'm um, not going to tell you what it is either. <laughs>
But here's the thing. I need about 287 listeners on Spotify to subscribe to the show. Because the reason why I say that is Apple is making you guys really look bad. So if you have the Spotify app, if you're listening to me on the browser using Spotify, go on and subscribe to the show. So you can get those numbers up and uh, you can compete with Apple. Because I don't want to leave anybody behind when it comes down to this. Anyway, and the show's not going anywhere, folks, so don't worry. Anyway, folks, I will talk to you on tomorrow. Take care. Love you all. Don't forget... I would love for you to click like and subscribe. Thank you. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jawson One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.